you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. For my regular listeners, I apologize for how my voice sounds. I just found out I have COVID the other day. I've lost my sense of smell, and it's not been easy, but we will make it through. So thanks for sticking with me through it. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Johnny Enloe's crazy conspiracy theories about Trump running for president again in 2024. Nick Fuentes dropping the mask and calling for full dictatorship. Madison Cawthorn and Mike Lindell's crazy reactions to Trump announcing his 2024 run for president. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Got a voicemail the other day from somebody that was talking about the fact that Republicans seem to be convinced there's like a weather gun that like you can point at a state or a country, and then just make a hurricane appear out of nowhere. Absolutely bizarre stuff. So I wanted to take a look at a couple of clips that I have here in the queue from QAnoners who are convinced that there's a weather gun that is, like, aimed at the United States. Check this out. This is Kirsten Weldon. Sadly, she caught COVID actually just a few weeks after this clip took place, I believe, late April 2021, and she died of it. I don't wish death on anybody, obviously, but this is one of the last things that she had to say before she passed away. She believed it to the very end. Listen to what she had to say to her friend, Francine Fosdick, another full-blown QAnoner. So they had that freeze out, and um, they did it with the weather warfare. That would be, you know, the bunker fuel in the ocean and the, and the pulling down the polar vortex, Right. Right. <laughs> They were originally talking about the Texas freeze that happened a couple years ago where Texas got like r- way colder than usual and nobody knew how to deal with it. But like none of those other words really made any sense. Chemtrails. So they pulled it down. Oh, now we're talking chemtrails. Okay. Right. Right. The chemtrails. So they pulled it down and they hit all of Texas. As you know, it had a huge freeze. So. Yeah, that's what happened. And they usually do it from the Arcebo Observatory when they do their hurricanes and stuff to pull the hurricane stuff through that um, Arcebo Observatory in Puerto Rico. See, what she's doing right now is actually a propaganda technique I'm sure you've probably heard of before. It's called the big lie. The more elaborate and detailed your lie is, the more easy it is for people to believe it. She was a public influencer at the time, and she knew that she was. She knew she had people who would believe anything that she said. So she came up with these humongous, fabricated details, these giant fabricated stories that she would tell and claim that she had inside sources about this information that told her these secretive things about what happened or or whatever other thing that's how she knew all of this and she knows for a fact that there's a hurricane gun that was shot at texas that created a big freeze from the arcebo observatory it's just unhinged nonsense all the way down but this time the arcebo observatory was down so they did it through uh, the Ecuadorian harp facility. It was traced there. If you watch my videos. It was traced there 
by whom? Who traced it there? And how do you know? Can you show us evidence? I would love a little bit of evidence. That's all I need. If you watch my videos, you would see the video. It traced all the way back to the um, Ecuadorian harp facility. And that was China testing out their new, you know, new weapons, weather weapons. And um, of course, Biden was paid billions of dollars before and got more money for letting them do that to the United States. Just bizarre, dude. Why would they do it to the United States when they could do it at like Siberia or something? Somewhere that is not populated. Like nothing about this whole thing makes any sense at all. Just got it. I just don't know where their heads are at, honestly. It, it blows me away that they believe some of the things that they believe. Inexplicable. So check out the voicemail from this person. Let's see what they had to say. Hey, this is Ellie from California. So the, so the Pumpkins recently lost their runways, and another hurricane has hit Florida. I was wondering if you think they're going to pull the whole water gun bullshit again because of this coincidence. If you already talked about it, I'm sorry I don't catch your live stream. Have a good day or night, whatever time it is, wherever you are. Oh, absolutely. No, I haven't covered that. But yes, they most definitely will claim that there were weather guns. When I say they, I'm talking people specifically like QAnoners. Francine Fosdick, Kirsten Weldon is gone, of course. Again, I don't wish death on anybody. But if she were around, she would absolutely be doing it too. Deanna Lorraine, ex-candidate for Congress, and her friend Lauren Witzke, also another ex-candidate for Congress. Uh, they both ran for the U.S. House of Representatives in 2020 and I think 2018. I, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, lots of really famous QAnoners are deeply invested in this weather gun thing, and I just don't get like where their heads are at with all of this. I don't get how they came to these bizarre conclusions, but here we are. The more detailed you make a lie, the more likely people are to believe it. I mean, listen to Lauren Witzke describe Hurricane Ian in Florida. That was the last hurricane that hit, like, not too long ago. Yeah, well, we know the technology does exist. And right. I mean, Deanna Weather gun technology. No, no. Weather gun technology does not exist. They're literally trying to change people's DNA through vaccination, of course. No, they're not. Again, this is all nonsensical propaganda from beginning to end but their gullible sucker of an audience believes it every single time of course they would be willing to do something like this to target red states i have no doubt i mean the technology exists to manipulate weather and um okay technology existing to manipulate weather is very different from a weather gun capable of producing a hurricane so back in the 1970s during the vietnam war we were seeding rain clouds with airplanes, basically going through and seeding the rain clouds to extend the monsoon season. So to some extent, we can kind of a little bit extend a monsoon season, but that's actually illegal anyways under the Geneva Conventions. Uh, nobody does it. We don't tamper with that or whatever else. So I guess you could say weather modification kind of exists, but creating a tornado creating a hurricane out of nothing with like a gun-like structure it's just nonsense all the way down it's taking a grain of truth and stretching it into an absurdity that's that's what they do that's what they have always done i mean 
Lauren Witzke, Deanna Lorraine, Francine Fosdick. That's what they've always done. You know, this whole storm coming. Uh, I mean, I know that Florida is uh, prone to hurricanes. However, this developed into a cat four oh, or cat five overnight. Right. And it does seem to be hitting uh, the uh, the conservative areas of the right. state. Um, it hit the entire state. What are you talking about? The conservative areas. How does a hurricane hit only conservative areas of a state? What do you... Where is her head? I don't understand. How did she get to where she is? And how did she manage to get so popular that she got over 0% votes when she ran for Congress? I just don't get it, dude. This is crazy. The right. state, um, you know, you... And I don't... I, I, I'm not putting it past the elites uh, to target something like read Jews. That's what she really means. This towards Florida as punishment uh, for uh, getting rid of vaccine mandates or getting rid of child grooming. They are angry with us and it wouldn't surprise me to find out. And yeah, the technology does exist, um, but you're not supposed to talk about. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? So earlier she said, we already know, as a matter of fact, that technology exists. And then a minute later, she says grooming. They are angry with us and it wouldn't surprise me to find out. And yeah, the technology does exist. Huh? How about that? She started out this video by saying it exists and ended it by saying it wouldn't surprise me to find out that it does exist. Do people not see right through this? Really? How are there still people listening to her and buying what she has to say? I just don't get it, man. Anyway, let me know what you think in the comments. Hey, Owen, Guy Young, Brookfield, Illinois. You know, I've seen clips of Tim Allen and John Voight, you know, both of who are, uh, you know, super conservative and, you know, they, they got religion. And it reminds me when people ask, well, can you say something nice about the other side? And even though Voight, and especially Voight, okay, and Tim Allen are way off base, okay. Oh, yeah. John Voight and Tim Allen are out-of-their-heads extremist nutcases. John Voigt, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. He's kind of a conservative hero. And there's another interesting fact about the guy that I'll let the caller mention in a minute. But yeah, the, the guy is like a gun rights nutcase to the core. I could say something nice for him. Their children, okay, Tim Allen's daughter, I don't know, is an atheist. And of course, Voigt's daughter. I didn't know that about Tim Allen's daughter is uh, Angelina Jolie, who's famous for uh, her stances uh, uh, for uh, uh, the uh, uh, progressives. So uh, I could say that they raised their children right, because at least they didn't indoctrinate them with the same stupidity they believe in. Believe in. So that's a good thing. No, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. I, I would be willing to bet they probably tried to indoctrinate them. I would, I think I would thank... The fact that the that Angelina Jolie and Tim Allen's daughter managed to escape, I would probably attribute it to that over them not, you know, teaching them that stuff. But, you know, Tim Allen and John Voight are the most extreme of the most extreme and are not really representative of, quote unquote, the other side. There are more moderate, chilled out people who are not complete nutcases that we could pick to represent the other side if we wanted. There are some mostly chilled out Christians who are not really completely over the top nutty that I think would be willing to represent the Christian movement rather than having the far-right conservative extremists represent it. Plenty of nice things to say about them. There are also some libertarians slash... 
non-Trump supporting Republicans who we can have disagreements with, lower or higher taxes, pro-life or pro-choice, but they're not nutcases that want us dead. There's no common ground to be had with some people. They, they, they refuse to work with us. It's not the other way around. It's like they want us gone. Tim Allen and John Voigt fall into that category. There isn't a lot good that I can say about them, but there's plenty of good I can say about conservative, just moderate conservatives, uh, independents. I mean, my barber is a moderate conservative slash independent, and he's a super nice guy. He's got some really weird kind of contradictory views about some things, but hey, Love him to death. You know, I've been going to him since I moved into this new place like a year ago or something like that. He's a really, really cool guy. We'll continue going to him despite the fact that we disagree. We can have disagreements. Doesn't have to be a battleground. But there are some people who are so out of their heads on whatever conservative extremism they're, they're drinking right now. They will never see reality again. And I think that describes, sadly, John Voigt and Tim Allen specifically. But that's really cool about their daughters. I didn't realize that Tim Allen's daughter was an atheist. I did know about Angelina Jolie, though. God, imagine having John Voight as your dad. That'd be rough, right? Hey, this is Colby Culp. Uh, I, I was just this morning watching the 11th hour. It's with the guy who said he parted the uh, DC uh, pool or whatever, the, the rock and roll preacher, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about Robin Bullock. That guy is something else. He claims to have showed up on January 6th to go to Donald Trump's, you know, insurrection thing or whatever. And somebody handed some street preacher there handed him a staff and he slams the staff down. And supposedly within days of that happening, the reflecting pool dried up just like that. Uh <laughs> Like, don't they drain the reflecting pool every now and then anyways? Yeah, that's what he claimed. He claims to have parted the reflecting pool. That's what he said. Just like Moses, he parted it. It took a couple days, but it happened eventually. I, I don't know what you call that, dude. I can't remember his name. Um, have you ever watched the chat of Victory Networks, like seen their live chats and the kind of things people talk about? It's freaking bizarre. It's bizarre. I'm just curious if you've ever done any or... Just looked at what people are saying and that kind of thing. All right. He said to make these quick. Bye. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have looked in their chats and it gets really, really weird. Some of the people in there are just brainwashed shells at this point, uh, completely disconnected from reality. Really interesting to look through the comments and stuff on some of these super, super ultra mega religious programs, though. And just kind of get an idea for where a lot of their base stands, you know, I watch a lot of these shows like Flashpoint, for example, or just Victory Network stuff, Kenneth Copeland or whatever else. I watch that stuff to get a bead on what their market research is telling them, what they think the best strategies are to defeat the Democrats or to win elections or whatever else. It's useful to watch what they're doing to figure out what they think is the best strategy. But looking at their audience and the things that they say, do, and believe is useful in its own right. So absolutely. I appreciate the uh, the voicemail. And uh, definitely weird to take a look at that stuff for sure. This is Daniel from Indiana. I was just curious as to whether or not you would advise people to uh, talk as long as they can 
to any Jehovah's Witness who may come to their door, um, maybe just to waste their time so they're not out talking to other people. Uh, I know a lot of YouTube scam baiters, that's kind of their rationale for calling scam centers is let me talk to them as long as I can so they're not out potentially causing harm to other people. Yeah, there's more to this voicemail that I'm going to address in a second, but let me just address that. I would say yes, if you feel confident in your mental health and your position and everything, and you feel safe, quote unquote, just mentally safe, that you can expend a little bit of mental energy and talk to them about this, go for it. Absolutely. And hey, maybe you can use a little bit of street epistemology or some logical reasoning to take them you know, through small steps to lead them down a path of deconversion. I mean, I wouldn't hold my breath. They have been programmed to resist having their brainwashing broken, basically. But, you know, it never hurts. And what's the worst case scenario is you waste their time so they're not spending it on somebody else. And honestly, Jehovah's Witnesses' whole goal at the end of the day, at least my whole goal, was to get hours that I could write down on that sheet of paper at the end of the day so that I could turn it into the elders and they wouldn't pester me about it at the end of the month or the end of the week or whatever other thing. They have to turn in their hours of field service to the elders who then turn it into the main branch. So that was my primary goal, generally speaking. And that's probably their, their primary ugh, and that's probably their primary goal too. Once they reach four hours a week or five or six or seven or whatever, they call it quits. So if you are burning up even an hour of their time, that is one less hour that they have to knock on other doors. That's my opinion. Let's keep listening, though. Just curious as to what you might think about that, because I know, like, Scientologists and the fair game and stuff. Obviously, I'm not a threat to the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses, but who knows? They know where I, If they were to know where I lived, that could cause damage, and I just didn't know. Thanks. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Jehovah's Witnesses doing something crazy to you. Fair gaming is a method of attacking people from the Scientologist church or whatever, the Church of Scientology. Fair gaming is, an, is where they will do literally anything to ruin your life, up to and including framing you for murder. They really did that to somebody. Up to and including breaking into government facilities and burning records about Scientology. No joke, they did this stuff. Operation Snow White is what I think it was called. I forget now. They are a scary group of people that that desperately need to be regulated by the government, maybe even broken up. Like some of the stuff that Scientology does is just disturbing. Anyways, Jehovah's Witnesses are not like that at all. The worst thing that Jehovah's Witnesses will do is they will shun you. They'll stop talking to you. They won't come around anymore. They're complete pacifists. They would not, they, I don't believe that Jehovah's Witnesses would hurt a fly as an organization. That being said, they will do everything they can to wreck you mentally by yanking every friend and family member you have ever had from your life permanently. That's what they did to me. And it did do a real number on me. You know, I'm still dealing with some of that stuff. But as an outsider, you're perfectly safe. You've got absolutely nothing to worry about. So anyway, yeah, hopefully that answered the question. Appreciate the uh, phone call. Really interesting. Hey, Owen, this is uh, Tony from Texas, called before. Uh, I was listening to this last thing you posted about Greg Locke and the letter he got from the Masons. He said the guy that sent him the letter 
went to the Catholic Church. Right. So if you're unfamiliar with this, I was reviewing a video from Greg Locke. Apparently, Greg Locke claims to have gotten an email from somebody. So Locke was going, he's a pastor, if you don't know him. He's going to hold a book burning service at his church, right? And he claims to have received an email from somebody who says that they're a Freemason. And he said that he contacted the Catholic diocese in the area and he was working with them and they were all going to get together and forcibly stop Greg Locke from burning anything on the night that he planned on doing it, Halloween night or something. Well, here's where it gets interesting. Greg Locke claims that the email was deleted by the Freemasons right off of his phone while he was reading it on stage. Except the person that he claimed it came from, there's no record of that person existing ever. There's no record of them on the Freemasons like chapter records. There's no record of him existing on Facebook anywhere. And the name is actually from a movie. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Arch Stanton is the name that he claimed emailed him about this. So anyways, yeah, Arch Stanton supposedly sends Greg Locke an email that says he got the Archdiocese, the Catholics, and everybody together, and they're all going to work together to stop Greg Locke by force from burning books. Like it, It's such an unbelievable story. It was ridiculous. That's what we're referring to here. Keep listening to the voicemail here. The Catholic Church... Fun fact, if you are Catholic and you go join the Masons, uh, you do risk being excommunicated from the Catholic Church. Just fun fact. Have a nice day, man. Bye. That's really funny because Greg Locke made it out as though they were like working together. Like the leadership within Catholicism and the leadership in the Freemasons were working together to like get one over on Greg Locke and force him to stop doing blah, 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 on his own property. It was just so ridiculous. Like, how does anybody believe this? I wondered if Greg Locke was a true believer in his heart and just believed that he was really persecuted or if he was just making this shit up completely. And now I know he's just making it up completely. There is nothing real about what he says. It's all made up. Check out this next uh, voicemail. Hey, Owen, this is Tracy. I'm an atheist in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, love, love, love your show. I was just watching the thing on Greg Locke talking about the Masons, and he keeps talking about how he's going to tell the Catholic Church. I grew up Catholic, and I have family members who were part of the, um, the, um, the Knights of Columbus. Catholics can't be Masons. Catholics are not to be Masons. That's why they had the Knights of Columbus. Um, look it up. Um, so him calling the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church wouldn't care because they don't like the Masons anyway. You cannot be Catholic and be a Freemason. That's super interesting. I had no idea. Uh, thank you guys so much for the information on this. God, Greg Locke is so full of it, isn't he? Like everything the guy says is complete nonsense. And I am honestly convinced at this point that he knows that he's full of it and he's set out to deceive people. I'm not convinced of that with everybody. Kent Hovind, I think he sets out to deceive. Greg Locke, I now believe that he sets out to deceive. That was an unintentional rhyme, but I stand by it. Just blows me away, man. Let me know what you think about all that in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. As I'm sure you can probably tell, I have COVID. Uh, just based on the sound of my voice, it's a little bit different 
than usual. And uh, yesterday I lost my sense of smell. That is actually more devastating than I thought it would be. I thought that the sense of smell was like just this kind of not that important piece of your life, but you have no idea how integral it is to your life that you have that sense of smell. It's like walking through an empty, barren wasteland, walking through a desert with nothing, no extra sensory information being fed in. It is as, okay, this is a tall claim, I know, but I'm gonna say it's as bad as losing one of your other senses because with smell goes taste. I can't taste anything, nothing. It's like I'm chewing paper or soil when I eat anything at all. I cannot enjoy food, I just can't. There's, there's nothing to enjoy. I'm just mechanically eating just to make sure that I stay alive right now. It's really devastating, really, really devastating. I love apple juice, I drink so much apple juice. It's like, it, yesterday I drank apple juice, it was like drinking thick water. That's what it tastes like. Just, I don't know, it's just very devastating, it's hard. It's really hard to lose your sense of smell. And now my other two family members have COVID too, my wife and my kid. They both tested positive today. And that's pretty devastating too. So just hope for the best. Wish me luck. Normally, I, I, I would probably be taking it easy, but you know me. I don't take anything easy. So, okay. This isn't even my worst day. I think my worst day was uh, two days ago or maybe three days ago. Today is not great. I still have a sore throat. I, you know, I can't smell shit. And I'm, I still have a fever on and off. In fact, I think I have a fever now. I just took ibuprofen a minute ago. So, but we'll make it through. We'll do it. Hope you get well soon. I appreciate that, Alma Tadero. Do you really want to smell shit? I, I would love to smell absolutely anything right now, honestly. W whatever. I, I don't even care. I'll <laughs> if that's what it is that I am allowed to smell, I'll take it. It's really hard to lose a sense, especially the sense of taste and smell. It's hard. It's really, really hard, and it, it really freaks you out. So, anyway. Next, we're going to talk about Johnny Enloe's crazy conspiracy theories about Trump running for president again in 2024. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Johnny Enloe. He's a leader in the Trump cult. A few years ago, I think 2019, he prophesied that Donald Trump was going to win the 2020 election. Not only that, he claims that God told him that the election was out of humans' hands and God was going to make things happen for us. We didn't even have to bother voting, he said. He's got some new conspiracy theories about Donald Trump running in 2024, and I wanted to take a look at some of those, but let me just give you a little bit of context to who this guy is, what he believes, and his bizarre history of supposed prophecies about his God Emperor Donald Trump. By the way, he views Trump as a messiah. I'm not being hyperbolic here. He views Donald Trump as the new Jesus effectively. So listen to what he has to say about the new Jesus. And so I was like, Lord, as I'm saying that, what the first thing he said is, 
He is going to save you from things you don't know you need to be saved from yet. Your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. And he said the nations will be known as before Trump, after Trump. He thinks that Donald Trump is going to be so influential in the world that the entire world, Russia, Europe, all of Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South America, North America, everybody is going to start using before Trump, BT and AT, instead of BCE and CE. We're going to switch to before Trump and after Trump. Seriously, that's what this guy believes. That's nuts. Trump, after Trump. And the Lord, it was like, he's like I'm really not interested in your all's vote this time. I'm doing it. I usually give you all that option. This time, I'm not. This is a rescue operation from heaven. So that's Johnny Enlow telling his listeners. I mean, he's a televangelist, dude. He's not a nobody. He is the linchpin between QAnon and Christianity, effectively. This is televangelist Johnny Enlow, dude prays over congressmen, telling his people not to bother voting because Donald Trump will win in 2020 either way, no matter what. God will make it so. That's, that's unhinged, dude. That is unhinged. It gets even more unhinged, if you can believe it. Let's go through a couple more examples of this dude prophesying about Donald Trump. Here's another, October 14th, 2021. Check this out. Me ask the prophetic people all the time, when's he going to be back in that seat? It's like, if you just knew a little more of the macro, I saw a picture of uh, President Trump playing chess again. Ah. And, and, um, and he's very advanced. I could tell he's very good in advance. Why even include that? Honestly, why even point out how good or bad Trump is at this? It's like he knows that his Messiah would enjoy the compliment of calling him very good and advanced at chess, even though his Messiah isn't even listening to this ostensibly. So he says it because he knows he would like it. It's just weird, dude. This is a pro-Trump, full-blown, not not cult, full-blown religion at this point. No joke. I mean, it's a cult, too, obviously, but this is a full-blown religion. Then all the super, you back up, you see the higher view. God has him on his chessboard. And so Trump and his whole board were on his board, and he's actually playing Trump. Whenever we feel discouraged with what we're seeing, we usually, it means we we lack the higher higher view of, of seeing what's really taking place. This dude is too obsessed with Donald Trump, too obsessed. There is a line and he has crossed it. Here's another example, late January, 2021. From heaven, President Trump is recognized as the primary government leader on planet Earth. The dude worships Trump like he is a god. I am not being hyperbolic with that, okay? I, I really want to make this point here because what he had to say about Trump's 2024 run relates back to all of this. Check this one out, July 25th, 2022. The Supreme Court of Heaven already decertified the 2020 election. Oh, that's good. There's apparently a Supreme Court of Heaven. This is news to me. I didn't know that Heaven set things up the same way that Earth did. That happened the day of of the thievery. That happened November 3rd and November 4th. It was decertified in Heaven. You know, this is honestly bizarre to me that he's describing a 
political hierarchy in heaven when we all know, in fact, heaven is a dictatorship, right? There is no political hierarchy in heaven. He should know that better than anybody. God is a dictator. He is the biggest and the best and controls everything and everybody and the most powerful and blah, 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 blah. Why is Johnny Antelope pretending there's some kind of a weird political hierarchy? He knows all of this. And so the Supreme Court of Heaven decertified. So just let that resonate with you. Now, the Supreme Court of the United States. Two separate things. The one in heaven, the one in the U.S. Okay. The one in heaven decertified the 2020. As if they have to certify it in the first place. But the one on earth. Okay. Tell me about the, the Supreme Court on earth, Johnny. What did they do about the 2020 election? Somehow freed up from some constraints of blackmail or whatever either late June or early July, they also have already decertified the 2020 election. But that's the rumor I've been hearing. And are you stating that? Are you coming out and stating that they did? I'm stating it. I'm stating wow. it. Dude, this is so sad. This is like a LARPy cosplay type of situation if I've ever seen one. This is, this is just sad. This is simultaneously hilarious and sad. I cannot get enough. And, wow. and you're going to see that. And and they didn't just decertify it. But in that decertification, there is whatever a certifying of, of President Trump. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's really interesting. He just made a really interesting point without even realizing or trying to kind of brush over it. So not only did the Supreme Court in heaven and on earth both decertify Biden as president, but they also in a separate action, certified a new president. It won't be Kamala Harris, according to Johnny Anlo, which is who would be next in line. It would be Donald Trump. Just bizarre stuff, dude. Just bizarre stuff. Again, just so you make it clear, the spiritual and the natural, I have been saying all along when people say, when's Trump coming back? Because like, he's never left. He has <laughs> never, he has <laughs> never been out of his position as supreme um governmental leader on the planet he not in the united states on the planet notice what he said trump is not only the supreme governmental authority in the u.s but he is also the supreme governmental authority on earth he said that earlier too and he's wearing his blue shirt i played that um, just a minute ago trump is recognized as the president of earth in this guy's head he's not left he's not been there's some hey, other ones I, working closely with him, but he is number one, has been number one, and he's been that for years. Can, can I state it another way? When uh, prophets were saying there was going to be a red wave and he was going to win by a landslide in 2020. Oh, yeah. Uh, they kind of prophesied that Trump is going to win the 2020 election, didn't they? Forgot about that with all the uh, televangelists out there. And then he lost. So they've got to come up with this explanation for how they failed this prophecy without actually being false prophets. Are, are you stating that he not only won by a landslide, he never left office having won? He's, he's now starting he, his other term, if you would put it that way. He, he won by a landslide. 2018 was a landslide the midterms as well. It was another theft, mm -hmm. another fraudulent election. Again, profits paid the price for saying there's a red wave in 2018. That'll be proven too. That will the proof yeah. of that will come back. So any minute now, still waiting. You know, 
I would love a little bit of proof. That would be absolutely fantastic. You know what they never provide? They never provide a hint of evidence. None. So I'm sorry. Until you give me a little bit of evidence for anything that this dude is saying, I'm just not going to believe it. It's just bizarre that he continues to come out here. Look, I just gave you a series of clips from 2019 to July 2022 where he's saying practically the exact same things over and over and over and over. And here we sit two years later, three, no, 2019, coming up on four years later, and he's still saying it, the same stuff with zero evidence. All of those who attacked the prophets for not getting it right on the 2018 red wave, um, uh, just remember who you were and who you attacked and be prepared to you know, just do the correct right thing and say you're sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Will do, Buckaroo. I appreciate the warning on that. So here's where it gets interesting. November 15th, 2022, Donald Trump comes out and announces that he is now a candidate for president in 2024. He is very obviously extremely unpopular in the Republican Party. Here's the thing. I think he controls somewhere around 35 to 40% of the Republican Party. So if he retracts his endorsement from you in primaries where only Republicans are voting, you can't win. If he pulls his endorsement, you can't win a primary without him. You can't. But he is vastly outnumbered on a general stage. You can't win a primary without him. You can't win a general election with him. And I think Republicans have come to realize that at this point. In fact, everybody seems to realize that now, especially after the 2022 midterm results. By and large, Donald Trump's endorsements failed miserably. So they're trying to shake Trump off of the back of the Republican Party at this point. And he's fighting that every step of the way, obviously. So at this point, when this was filmed, what we're about to watch, they didn't actually know what Trump's announcement was going to be for sure. I mean, everybody knew he was going to announce he's running for president, but he hadn't come out and done it yet. So this SG Anon guy comes on here to talk to Johnny Enlow and Steve Schultz about what he thinks it could mean. When you see the name Anon, generally, in this, certainly in this field of people, like when we're talking about Anons with regards to like Johnny Enlow and Steve Schultz and others, it's a reference to QAnon specifically. So this guy is very likely a QAnoner. I had never heard of him before. But there are other contexts in which Anon could mean other things. But in this context, it means QAnoner. So let's listen to what SG Anon has to say to old Johnny and lone Steve Schultz about what he thinks Donald Trump is about to announce. We have an announcement from Trump tomorrow. We don't know what that announcement will be. But is, is it out of the realm of possibility, especially with his rhetoric and how he's built his rallies up in the last two years, for him to come out and say something along these lines? And this is just my opinion. Oh, my God. I, he's taking some brave steps right now. Like, everybody was 99.9% .9 sure that Trump was just going to announce that he's running for president. But And it was only going to be a day. Like, why even bother predicting what it was going to be in such a brazen and bizarre way? But okay, tell me, tell me, what, what do you think Trump is about to announce? I am the lawful president of the United States. Wow, I, be be awesome. I believe that I have been 
the lawful president of the United States. We have more than enough election fraud evidence to show that the presidency was stolen. The election, the midterms are getting stolen. It's all getting stolen. Great. Then hand the evidence over. Seriously. Why are they constantly talking about the evidence, but never actually showing any of the evidence, first of all? And second, did you notice this is like the second time that they mentioned Trump is actually the president behind the scenes? Earlier, Johnny Enlow said he believes Trump has never left office. He thinks that Trump is actually the one pulling the levers behind the scenes, right? If that's true, then they can't possibly talk smack about Biden, right? How are they seriously talking badly about the way Biden is running things? Screaming about gas prices, screaming about inflation and Hunter's laptop and all the other nonsense that they scream about constantly. How can you possibly in good conscience scream about those things if you think Trump is the one doing it? I mean, they screamed about the Afghanistan withdrawal for like months. They still do. And wasn't Donald Trump the one in power in their mind? How are they blaming Biden for any of this? There's like this massive cognitive dissonance in their head. Like nothing that they say adds up, but they keep saying it anyway. I, be awesome. I believe that I have been the lawful president of the United States. This is what Trump is supposedly going to announce the next night we have more than enough election fraud evidence to show that the presidency was stolen the election the midterms are getting stolen it's all getting stolen no and so we need to engage publicly the constitutional process for the return of the lawful president of the united states i believe if that were to happen we would have an instant constitutional crisis that would um, get the attention of many both in the sleeping community and in the awakened patriot communities no, no, there wouldn't be a constitutional crisis. You know why? Because constitutionally, legally, Biden was elected president and the whole process went through and he has been the acting president this entire time. doesn't matter what Donald Trump says or thinks or believes. This is kind of the same idea that Trump seemed to have had about concession. Well, if I just don't concede, then Biden can never take over as president. That's not how it works. I mean, it's really a good thing that that's not how it works, because I'm 100 percent certain that Trump just would have remained president if it was as simple as not conceding. But that's neither here nor there. That's just not how it works. And that is the same general idea that he's laying out for us here. Um, get the attention of many, both in the sleeping community and in the awakened patriot communities. And it would also provide the sort of um, believable situation, if you will, for those um, sleepers and normies and loved ones who we mm. lovingly bring along in this journey to accept a change in power. The people of the United States are armed to the teeth. Yeah, that's that's disturbing in itself. The fact that he brings up how quote-unquote armed to the teeth true patriots are i mean everything that he's said up to this point is kind of directing people to the idea that he wants to put trump into power violently or not he doesn't care what it takes he wants him there that's disturbing that is a disturbing headspace to be in here's another one november 15th 2022 enlo is about to tell us about the red wave in the midterm elections there was no red wave if you're watching this five years in the future. They were expecting one, hoping for one, holding their breath, crossing their fingers. It never came. Check this out. If you understand what the objectives are here, I, it's absolutely the worst thing possible that could have happened. 
is for there to have been the red wave such as we're talking about where i didn't want to win i let you win that see that's what it was i let you win now look like we don't really need to address the broken electoral system because what's being revealed and released and is what we're going to find more and more is how much more fraud was done this time I mean, i'm here uh, already of uh, someone who was elected in pennsylvania who was dead but they were on uh, somebody had put them on and so they won uh -oh. an election Okay, I have no idea what he's talking about. Somebody won an election who had been dead or whatever. I've never heard of any of that. that. That's complete nonsense. But either way, what he's saying here effectively is I didn't want to have a red wave because it would show that the election system actually functions. I want all of the normies and the, I, I, I don't know, what do they call it? All of the plebs and LARPers to realize that there is a oh the sheeple sheeple that's where they use i want all the sheeple to wake up and see things for what they are which is there's a ton of cheating happening right now of course there is no cheating going on 2020 election was the most secure election in u.s history and 2022 is pretty secure too but you know he'll convince himself of anything that he needs to to believe that donald trump is actually secretly the president and the messiah one uh -oh an election and there's By the way, when you say how much more fraud do you mean how much additional fraud or do you mean how much more fraud than the last uh 2020 both oh both. okay what a meaningless distinction why even ask that question as an interviewer because he wants to signal his virtuous beliefs this is virtue signaling he wants to show him that he agrees with him and believes that he is a prophet of god who has special insight into situations that nobody else has so he's buying right into it and showing him that he believes it and you know i will state this part not as prophetic i'll state what i'm gonna say right now um as a statement that i believe will be proven true um, that we'll see that this is part of a continuing sting operation that good military is doing. And it's part of a reveal that is necessary. Okay, wow. Yeah, he's a QAnoner. We touched on that a little bit. But when he talks about the good military, QAnon usually refers to them as the white hat military. That's the term that they actually use, white hat military. There are a lot of QAnon subgroups out there. So QAnon really is like a, an overarching belief system, kind of a framework that buys into certain specific conspiracy theories. Like there's an elite cabal at the top that's running things and they're drinking adrenochrome and blah, 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 blah. But then there are subgroups underneath QAnon that buy into all of those things and add stuff on top of it. So, for example, there's one called Negative 48, I believe is what it's called. It's a QAnon group that believes that JFK Jr. is still alive and he's, he's working with Donald Trump to be the president or he's like the vice president. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what it believes. And they believe in this whole thing called Gamatria and blah, blah, blah. There's another subgroup called Romana Dedulo. It's like this person named Romana Dedulo. She believes herself to be the queen of Canada. And she has 
a little cult under her that buys into a lot of QAnon beliefs and stuff like that, too. This guy is most definitely a full-blown QAnon member, but I, he's not a member of any of those subgroups. He's just a member or a believer in the overarching framework that is QAnon. And I think it's absolutely fascinating to watch the wheels turn and listen to him like, kind of reason his way through stuff with the twisted, bent-up premises that he starts from. It is absolutely bizarre to see where he ends up when he twists things around just a little bit. But I don't know. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want to see more stuff like this in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. The dead person winning in Pennsylvania story is true. It was longtime state representative Tony DeLuca who died shortly before the election and legally the ballot couldn't be changed. Interesting. So what Johnny Enlow said was somebody added a dead person to the ballot and people voted for him despite the fact that he was dead, i.e. they knew nothing about who he was. They just voted for him because he was a Democrat or a Republican or whatever other thing, right? The point is that you could put anybody on the ticket and people would vote for him anyways. That doesn't sound like what actually happened. That sounds like com uh, complete bastardization of what actually happened. There were like a ton of cases where somebody dies right before the election actually happens or right before the election is called or right before they're supposed to take office or whatever other thing. I mean, that's happened plenty of times in the past. What he's describing is not unusual. He's trying to take it and use it as a basis to sow distrust and doubt in the election system. That's his whole philosophy. That's his whole bit. That's what he's all about. That's what he's always been about. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm just taking a look, making sure all that was accurate, everything that I said about it. Yep, Democrat reelected by a landslide in Pennsylvania, though he died right before the election took place. October 9th is when he died, so he had to have been on the ballot. Interesting. Okay. Knowing is half the battle, as old G.I. Joe says, right? Next, we're going to talk about Nick Fuentes dropping the mask and calling for full dictatorship. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Nick Fuentes. He's an extremely influential founder of a group of people called the America First Political Action Committee, I think it's called, AFPAC. He has held conferences where Marjorie Taylor Greene has spoken and things like that. I extremely influential person. So from time to time, I like to look in on what he's up to and give his videos a listen, see what he has to say. Well, he has decided to completely give up on democracy. I don't know if this is new or if this has just been knocking around his old noggin for a while, but he came out and said it. Check this one out. November 10th, 2022. You got to recognize the fact that this is a godless country. I hate it. It's really not. By any stretch of the imagination, it is not a godless country at all. Not by any standard definition, but you know what definition he's using? If there's somebody who does not worship the same way that he does in this country, it's a godless country. That's pretty much the definition that he's using here. 
immoral, it's wrong, it's heinous, it's evil. But this is an evil country. And this country will surprise you with how evil it is. And that's why you've got to get this out of your head that there is some... Wow, this dude really hates America. Is it just me? I would have thought a true patriot loved America no matter what. Does not seem that way to me. You've got to get this out of your head that there is some silent majority cavalry that's going to come out of the woods and save us at the last minute. It's not. When we meet the left on the battlefield and they outnumber us like five to one, that's it. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, the left does not outnumber Republicans five to one. And this reference of the silent majority, quote unquote, he's referring to here. The idea of the silent majority was, I think, popularized by Jerry Falwell Sr. back in like the 80s and the 90s. I could be wrong on that. Somebody can fact check me in the comments. But the idea is that the quote unquote silent majority is the group of people who believe in Christian values and are pro-life and blah, blah, blah. It's the majority of people who aren't screaming their heads off about this thing or that thing agree with the far right, the extremists, which is what Jerry Falwell was. That's the concept of the silent majority. But as we've seen very recently, even the silent majority, which really refers to like independence, basically really doesn't like Donald Trump at all. They can't stand Donald Trump. And this right here, what we're listening to right now, is a reaction to the fact that the election, the 2022 midterm elections, didn't go well because Donald Trump was all up in there. And the silent majority, as he's calling them, don't want anything to do with Donald Trump and don't want Trump anywhere near government or any of his endorsees. Nick Fuentes is a deep, deep red Trump supporter, as big a Trump supporter as one can get. And he seems to be catching on to the fact that the silent majority very obviously disagrees with the far right, with Trump extremists. They're not on their side. Sadly, I think you could convince the silent majority or independents to vote for DeSantis in droves, but not Trump, lucky for us. Keep listening to what Fuentes had to say here. But the point is, when you look at these things like uh, abortion, it's popular. People like abortion. Hate it, but it's true. People don't like abortion. People like freedom. They like the freedom to make those decisions and recognize that you are propagandizing to everybody around you that society needs this ability to get an abortion in some cases for medical necessity, for cases of rape and incest. I mean, there are a billion reasons, actually valid reasons to get an abortion that this guy simply doesn't want to face. Hell, in my opinion, any reason to get an abortion is a valid reason up to, say, 14, 15 weeks. Past that, it should be taken a lot more seriously. But you don't even need a reason to get one, in my opinion, up to, say, 14 weeks. Yeah, it's no different than just scratching your nose as far as I'm concerned, up to a certain point. But that's neither here nor there. Keep listening to what he says here. Hate it, but it's true. And you can thank the Jewish media for that. Whoa, why are we bringing Jews into this all of a sudden? Because this guy's deeply, deeply anti-Semitic. I'm pretty sure he will even admit to that. He thinks like 9-11 was a hoax and that the Jews control the media and the banks and the everything, dude. It, it's just unhinged stuff. And it's honestly bizarre and disturbing that Marjorie Taylor Greene won her re-election after appearing at this guy's conference and speaking on stage. 
shaking his hand. Just blows me away. Abortion's popular. Sodomy's popular. You know, being gay is popular. Being a feminist is popular. Sex out of wedlock is popular. Contraceptives are, it's all popular. Okay. Sex out of wedlock and contraceptives are popular. That other stuff, not really? That's all. That's not to say it's good. That's not to say I like that. Popular means the people support it, which they do. And uh, and it sucks, and it is what it is, but that's why we need uh, dictatorship. <laughs> that's unironically why we need to get rid of all that. We need to take control of the media or take control of the government and force the people to believe what we believe or force them to play by our rules and reshape the society. Doesn't get much more on the nose than that. Doesn't get more brazen than that. That's what this guy wants. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, among others, many other congressmen, follow his stuff. Listen to what he has to say. Show up at his conferences and give talks there. If that's not an endorsement of his ideas, I don't know what is. This kind of thing is deeply disturbing to me. Lucky for us, he's on the far right, so he doesn't actually represent mainstream opinion. But the fact that this opinion exists in any real number is disturbing. Seriously. This is not the first time he's tooted this horn. He's been going around tooting this horn for a while now. Late June 2022. Check this one out. That is precisely what we intend to do, is to impose Christian laws on everyone in the United States of America. That is what we have to do as Christians. We have to make sure that like the moon reflects the sun, the state reflects the church. We have to make sure that our normative laws and the laws that are passed by the government reflect the natural and the moral laws written by God. This is, this is so fascinating to me that it seems like this guy has completely given up on enlightenment values or the values the founding fathers had in the first place. Doesn't care. Doesn't want anything to do with them. They're a waste of time, apparently, in this guy's mind. It just blows me away. Like, where is the dude's head? How did he get to where he is now? I don't understand. He doesn't want separation of church and state. This is something the founding fathers really believed in. Thomas Jefferson particularly wrote a, a whole bunch of letters to, like, Danbury Baptist Church back and forth with them about this very subject, about how deeply wrong it is that a state church exists. There should be no such thing as a state church, according to the founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, among others. And he just wants to throw that right out the door. Just blows me away. That is our job as Christians. Now, how do you coexist in the government with atheists or Jews that say that pornography is okay? You don't have to say pornography is okay. You just have to say it's your choice to consume it or not. That's all you have to say. This is about freedom. See, this guy doesn't care about freedom. Never did. Never will. This is about control. And actually, it's our right to do that. It's our right to, to watch it. It's our right to make it. And and those are and the freedom to do that is our is the end of society. You can't share though. You can't share those two values. And the same goes for feminism and the role of women. And the same goes for homosexuality and same-sex relationships as well as transgenderism. Can a person go from one gender to another and drugs and 
it, it really is about. You notice how he included all kinds of stuff at the beginning of that that should absolutely be unregulated. You should be free to do what you want because it's not harming anybody else, not even harming you. You should be allowed to be a feminist if you want. You should be allowed to be trans. You should be allowed to whatever, absolutely anything. Your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. That is the concept behind the social contract that is formed in America. That is the fundamental belief that the founding fathers had when they wrote the Constitution, when they created rights for people here. Your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. You can swing it anywhere you want. You're perfectly free to, except here. You can't swing your fist right there because it infringes on my rights. So the, the point here is your rights extend up to the point where it infringes on my rights. When it infringes on mine, you're not allowed to do it anymore. The government has the right to come in and protect my rights by pushing yours back in an attempt to protect mine. That's what it's all about. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. Most people in the far right right now will take a very specific tactic in this regard. They'll claim when the government tries to prevent them from infringing on my rights, people like Lance Walnaw, Kenneth Copeland, Hank Kuhneman, all these other televangelists, they'll claim that their rights are being infringed upon. They'll complain that the government asks them to wear masks or meet outside or social distance or meet on Zoom during a worldwide pandemic and they will scream that their rights are being infringed upon when in reality they're infringing on everybody else's right to life and safety and liberty and pursuit of happiness. That's what it's all about. By refusing to be careful, by refusing to meet outside rather than inside to protect people from a worldwide pandemic, they're infringing on my rights. But they are framing it up like the government is infringing on their rights when they violate mine. That is how these people operate. That is how they argue this stuff. But here's where it gets interesting. Not Nick Fuentes, baby. Not him. You know what he does? He just comes out and says it. No, I don't I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if this is your rights. No, I don't think that you're infringing on my rights or I'm infringing on yours. I just want a dictatorship. I just want Christians to control the country. He just comes right out and says it. There is no complex, nuanced discussion to try to convert people to his side. He's just appealing to the base carnal instinct of forcing people to obey your laws and do what you want them to do deeply disturbing stuff that this guy actually has people who listen to him and it, it really is about everything in the society these things are in conflict and this is going to be one of the biggest problems i think is that the Jewish people wield this immense influence even over the Republican Party. They really don't. They really don't. They're just another demographic of people in the United States. And the fact that he seems to believe to the bottom of his heart that there's some cabal out there pulling strings like puppet masters is absolutely something else, man. I've listened to a ton of debates 
between this guy and many others. And this is not an act. This guy believes what he's saying right now. He's a super nice dude, but he is as deranged as they come. Lauren Witzke is another member of AFPAC. This is her on the right here. She is a white nationalist, a far-right extremist, and a Trump supporter, naturally. As a member of AFPAC, it's kind of a prerequisite. Anyway, let me introduce you to some of the things that she's had to say. Just give you an idea of who she is, because she had some interesting stuff to say more recently. As a member of AFPAC. So check this one out. Mid-October 2021. It's a little bit of an older one, but it'll give you some context for the types of things Lauren Witzke and by proxy, the America First Political Action Committee believes. Check this out. White Christian males or white straight males are the most persecuted uh, class demographic in the United States of America right now, especially in the workforce. I don't know what kind of fantasy land she lives in, that she believes that white Christian males are the most persecuted demographic of people in the workforce or in the world, whatever. I, I just don't even know where to go with it. That's unhinged. The anti-white system that advocates for us, like people like us, to not have a voice, uh, to not have any rights, like kind of considering us like second class citizens that don't deserve rights is what they kind of try to treat us as. They think that the system, the anti-white system is going to spare them too. And it is not. This anti-white system, it's coming for all of us. You know, this is spoken like somebody who's never faced a problem in her life, honestly, who has no idea what it's like to be persecuted. You know, I am a member of a number of minority groups that are traditionally persecuted in the U.S. For example, atheists. I'm definitely an atheist, and I've definitely been mistreated for that. But surprisingly, that's not the thing that caused me pain for being persecuted over. I've actually been persecuted as a minority group and felt the pain that came with it the minority group that I felt pain from being persecuted over was actually being an ex-Jehovah's Witness, being shunned by my friends and family members, being hated by them, won't even look at me, won't give me the time of day, treat me like scum, complete scum. That hurts. And that, I imagine, is what it's like to be terribly mistreated in the United States as a minority. You may deal with some problems. You may have some issues in the workforce you may feel like you know you should have gotten a better deal in the child support or child custody hearings or whatever and absolutely i agree you know we need to work on some things women should not be viewed as a primary caretaker for children there are white male problems out there absolutely you have no idea what it's actually like to be persecuted no idea but this is the platform that she has built upon. This is the cause that she has taken on as her own. That's who Lauren Witzke is. If that one doesn't do it for you, check this out. February 23rd, 2022, the day after Putin invaded Russia. The day after. Check this one out. Here's the deal also. You know, Russia is uh, a Christian nationalist nation. They're actually Orthodox Christian. I'm mm. Russian Orthodox. So, you know, I actually support Putin's right to protect his people and all. Nah. Russia is not really a Christian nationalist country, kind of, I guess. It's more just a dictatorship. And Putin uses the church to bolster his own power. 
it's not really controlled by the church at all. It's controlled by Putin prim- primarily, and the church just adds to Putin's power. So, Putin's right to protect his people and always put his people first, but also protect their Christian values. I identify more with Russian, uh, with Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. Uh, Dude, this is like borderline treasonous talk immediately after Russia like invaded Ukraine and the U.S. was condemning Russia as doing something gravely evil and sending aid to Ukraine as quickly as they could and all of that other stuff. All of Europe was on Ukraine's side and Lauren Whiskey comes out here and openly says she supports Russia. That is honestly mind-blowing to me. Seriously, it it's not sedition. It's not technically treason. We're not at war with Russia and free speech anyways. But that's as close as you get as far as speech goes. Oh my God, dude. Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. Uh, so, you know, like there is that, you know, that there there is that there. And, you know, Christian nationalist countries also are a threat to the global uh, regime. Like the... Nope, the cabal, ready? She's going to talk about the cabal again. Uh, regime, like the Luciferian regime, it wants to mash everything together, but Putin takes care of his people. He looks out for his people. I watched as he deported, like they literally walked them through the streets, the criminal illegals who were coming into their country. Yeah. They walked them out and they escorted them out and they said, get out. You know, I can respect that. I can respect that. And I can respect the fact that uh, Putin does everything he can to protect uh, his people. This is so deeply wrong, dude. This is just, okay, so now you have an idea of who Lauren Witzke is. Oh my God, she is something else. So she goes on this guy's TV show, Elijah Schaefer, right? Now he's gotten pretty famous recently for some controversial stuff. And I have a video coming out about that soon, so keep a lookout for that. But I wanted to listen to what Lauren Witzke had to say as a member of AFPAC, a member of Nick Fuentes' political action committee or whatever, I wanted to hear what she had to say to Elijah Schaefer. November 16th, 2022. Check this out. And in regards to women voting, you know, that was the worst thing that ever happened to America, too. Look at us now. Women overwhelmingly vote um, on their emotions and their emotions. And the liberals are very good at appealing to emotions. Oh, wow, dude. OK, <laughs> just claiming that women vote on emotions like that is such a stereotype. It's ridiculous. First of all, like women can't be logical. They're all built on emotion, forgetting the fact that men are probably more emotional than women. If you really think about it, if you look at it in the cold light of day and recognize the fact that anger is most definitely an emotion, I would say men can be more emotional than women, like a lot more. But that's neither here nor there. Keep listening to what she had to say about women voting. And their emotions, and the liberals are very good at appealing to emotions. Oh, look at these migrant children. They have nowhere to go. Look at these, uh, this pregnant migrant woman. She has nowhere to go. We have got to open up our borders and give her cash assistance for the rest of her life. Here in See, that's really fascinating what she did there, if you notice. This is what makes it propaganda. Think about what she just said. She accused liberals, quote unquote, of voting on their emotions, and then she used an emotional argument to convince you of that. Nowhere to go. We have got to open up our borders and give her cash assistance for... We've got to open up our borders, give her cash assistance, spend all of your money. Fear. 
That's fear. She's drumming up fear in her listeners, trying to freak them out and make them think that there's this huge problem that needs to be solved immediately, right now. And if you don't, the whole system's going to come crashing down. And nothing that she's saying right now is true anyways. Like, there is no open border. Immigrants are not allowed to be on, like, a social security system or, like, uh, you know, cash assistance or food stamps or any of that other stuff. I mean, they have to go through a whole process of... I don't even know what the process is. Are they ever allowed to get any of that stuff if they immigrate here and get documents and all that stuff? I'm not sure. They certainly can't get any of that stuff without a social security number, but it's all about fear, freaking people out. While she's accusing liberals and women particularly of acting on their emotions, she's using emotion in the argument to manipulate people. We have got to open up our borders and give her cash assistance for the rest of her life here in America. And women vote for that. They vote to have uh, uh, weapons taken away, our Second Amendment rights taken away. More fear freaking you out, trying to make you think they're coming for you. They're trying to get you. They're trying to get your stuff and take it from you and keep it forever. She's trying to activate the fear responses in her listeners' brains. Women used to vote, uh, they used to not vote because their husband would make the choice for them. Now, if just our husbands and landowners were voting, we'd be in a much better place than we are now. We'd have closed borders. We'd have uh, no infringements on our Second Amendment rights. Red flag laws would be a thing of the past. And uh, we as women wouldn't be, you know, have such authority and power over who gets into elected office because we don't deserve it. The way that women vote, it's been terrible. I'm Wow, this is really fascinating. This is like a lesson in how to do propaganda effectively when you really think about it. She's listing things that you should be afraid of, and then she is linking it back to a root cause and trying to encourage her listeners to resolve that root cause in some specific way. Really fascinating to listen to her build this argument that way. It's been terrible. I'm apologizing as a female voter for the rest of my fellow female voters because they are voting our country away. And it is extremely dangerous. More fear tactics. It's all about scaring people. That's absolutely fascinating to me. This is not her first dance with destroying democracy, though. Early June 2022, she went on her show. By the way, she is an ex-congressional candidate. She ran for Congress in 2020, and she came close. She knows Nick Fuentes and works with him in AFPAC, America First Political Action Committee. There are AFPAC members in Congress right now. She's not a nobody. Listen to what she had to say here early June 2022. This probably agree. Look, I'm not against theocracy or authoritarianism if it's coming from God. Like, God, for the most part, is not, it's not a democracy in heaven. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. And, and I mean, we saw right. what happened with democracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, had yeah. the choice between Barabbas and Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They're like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us, know, give us, give us like Barabbas. Okay, the murderer. Theocratic kingdom of heaven, baby. Here on Amen. earth. Amen. Let's do it. They keep acting as if, like, this is some kind of shit. It can't get any worse. Yeah, I know. Seriously, sure. you, you want to listen to that crazy lady? <laughs> AOC? AOC? Not AOC. Yeah, AOC is in charge. 
just blows me away, dude. They've completely given up on democracy at this point. They're done with it. They want nothing to do with it. Kind of interesting that the argument that they just presented completely conflicts with other Trump extremists or other Trump cult leaders' arguments in favor of Trump. Like Johnny Enlow, for example, just talked about him the other day. He has this whole idea that like there's the uh, Supreme Court in heaven and there seems to be like a Congress in heaven too. Like, Where did he get the idea that heaven was not a dictatorship? That's how it's described in the Bible, right? Seems to me. I mean, I'm not in favor of that. I think it's deeply wrong, but I certainly think that that's what the Bible wants you to believe. I mean, how does Johnny Enlow square his beliefs with people like this? I think, I just, I don't know, dude. It's just, it just blows me away how all of these people seem to have like conflicting religious ideologies, but they all seem to work together cohesively anyways. It's just fascinating to watch. Let me know what you think in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Next, we're going to talk about Madison Cawthorn and Mike Lindell's crazy reactions to Trump announcing his 2024 run for president. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Donald Trump announced he's running for president in 2024, and oh my God, people are melting down. It is hilarious. I wanted to take a look at what Mike Lindell had to say, and I wanted to see what our old buddy Madison Cawthorn had to say. As it turns out, this dude's still around. Can you guys believe it? I thought he just disappeared from the face of the earth for a while. But he's had some things to say about this announcement, too. Apparently, he was there when it was announced. So we're going to take a look at some of that in a second. Let's listen to what Mike Lindell had to say. This is him at Mar-a-Lago while Donald Trump announces his 2024 run for president, November 15th, 2022. Check it out. Uh, they asked me about uh, Ron DeSantis running against Donald Trump, and I said... After tonight, Ron will just endorse him in the morning. you got to believe that. Why would you want to waste all that time, energy, money, and everything else? So, Well, unfortunately for Donald Trump, that didn't happen. Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump's only real possible opponent in the 2024 election. I, I, I guess that's the right term for it. The thing about Donald Trump is... He controls 35 to 40 percent of the Republican base, I, I estimate roughly. But every other human being on planet Earth hates the dude. So you can't win primaries. You can't win nominations without Donald Trump. But you can't win general elections with the guy. He has enough Republican vote to win a primary, not enough vote to win a general election. And that is why Donald Trump running for president is generally viewed as a good thing moving forward. Trump lost to Biden in 2020, fair and square, and that was a fantastic sign for democracy. But that sign was reaffirmed in the 2022 midterms when just about everybody that Trump endorsed lost terribly. So it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch play out this battle between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. That's for sure. And Mike Lindell hit the nail on the head. 
with what he just said. He recognized the problem up front. DeSantis will likely run in 2024 also, possibly. And if he does, I believe, personally, just speculation, Donald Trump is going to take his bag and create a new party called the Patriot Party. He's already named it. Dead serious. This is a name that Trump already came up with, the Patriot Party. And he's going to wreck the Republican Party permanently. So I'm excited to see that. Anyway, keep listening to uh, Lindell here. So very exciting here. And uh, I'm, I'm in my element with all the fake news. Uh, I'm in my element with all the fake news. Oh, my God. This guy is ridiculous. Interviews. And uh, the main thing is what? Melt down the machines and turn them into prison bars. And there's been a... Okay, the machines are primarily made of silicon. That's kind of a glass-like substance. Uh, I don't think you'd want to make prison bars out of that, but okay. It's been pretty amazing. They've all listened. Now we'll see if they print these things about our stolen midterms, elections, and uh, primaries, everything that was taken from us. And, uh... Yeah, so Mike Lindell, I don't think he's handling things very well. Has he ever, is the real question. Has he ever handled things well? So uh, that brings us to Madison Cawthorn, November 15th, 2022. This guy was at the Trump announcement speech also at Mar-a-Lago, from my understanding. There were a lot of other really interesting characters there that I want to talk about. You guys may not even be aware of this. A lot of really high-profile QAnon figures were personally invited to Donald Trump's announcement. So like I said, we're going to get there in a second. Let's watch Madison Cawthorn. Talk about Donald Trump and how much he loves him. I will follow this man until the day I die, you know, barring some terrible information. But this man has bled for us. This man has fought for us. This man has put... When did Donald Trump bleed for anybody? Literally, has he ever had a cut in his life? Has he ever even had a paper cut? Did he have like a butler to like shuffle papers for him? Put his entire career, put his entire life, put his entire persona everything about him everything about the trump family the children him his wife he's put it all on the line for every single one of us and so to the conservatives who are talking about oh well maybe his time's over what where is your loyalty dude this is just unhinged from reality i don't even know where where this guy's head is at first of all second i see somebody in the chat mention why dye your hair is he trying to look like Eminem? Is that like the goal here? Doesn't really work for him. And third, this is most definitely a cult-like mindset, what he's displaying for us here. He is deeply emotionally invested in Donald Trump to an unhealthy degree, seriously. This takes parasocial relationship to a new level. This is the kind of thing that you see in cults all the time. Where is your loyalty, he says. Time's over. What? Where is your loyalty? How can you look yourself in the mirror as a man and say, oh, well, I'll turn my back on somebody, you know, when the t going gets tough or when it's not a sure thing. This man fought for you. This man gave us a strong nation. He gave us strong foreign trade. He gave us strong trade policies. He, gave, he got us out of foreign interventionism. He like, none of this is true. Like, literally none of this. Everything that he's saying right now is completely fabricated. He stopped spending overpaying for NATO and for all of our alliances. He made the world fear us. And you know what? I don't really want a president who is just loved and going to be hugged on and wear the exact same clothes as some freaking communist dictator does in China. I okay, which president is wearing the same clothes as a communist dictator in China, first of all? And second, you don't want somebody who is 
loved and adored? I want a president who people are terrified of, who's going to push people out of the way when he's walking up because he's the United States of freaking America and he represents every single one of us. And there is his call to dictatorship once again. He doesn't want somebody who is loved by the people. He wants somebody who's going to rule with an iron fist. That's what it comes down to. If you're curious about what's going on with Madison Cawthorn right now, I did a little bit of research into where he's at in his life. Check this out. If you're watching this five years in the future, you're not even sure who he is. I'll just start from the beginning. He ran for Congress. He was a member of the Freedom Caucus, I think is what they call it. He's Friends with Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bobert, and all of the other Nutter Butters from Nutter Butter City. I mean, he is a deep, deep red, far-right extremist believer. Well, he claimed a couple years ago, like after getting into Congress, he claimed that some people on Capitol Hill invited him to a cocaine-fueled orgy. And uh, the people on Capitol Hill did not appreciate it very much when he came out and said such a thing to the news. So they basically excised him from the community. They started running negative ads against him and digging up dirt on him. I'm talking Republicans. Fellow Republicans did this stuff. And his primary came up and he lost. He lost his election against another Republican. So his term as a congressman is not actually up yet. He's still in Congress right now. He's a congressman. As of this moment, he leaves Congress in 2023. January 3rd, I think, is when the next Congress starts. But you know what he did? He's completely given up. He moved back in with his parents. He's not answering phone calls for constituents or anything anymore. He's not fundraising. He's not doing anything. He's walked away from it completely before his term is even up. He's not even taking any votes anymore. Seriously. Oh, and check this out. He was gathering donations for his primary and for his general election, right? You can do that. You can gather donations for both a primary election and a general election simultaneously. So the primary is basically two Republicans run against each other or two Democrats run against each other to determine who becomes the nominee who's going to run against the other party in November. Primaries usually happen around March, April, May, somewhere in there. So he was collecting donations for his primary back in March, April, May, and he was also collecting donations for the general election simultaneously. Well, guess what old Madison Cawthorn did? He spent every penny he had on his primary election, including his general election donations, which, by the way, is against the law. You can legally collect donations for both simultaneously, but if you lose your primary and you're not actually going to be running in a general election, you are legally obligated to return all of the general election donations that you received. So instead of returning, refunding all of these general election donations, he spent them on his primary. And now he owes over a million dollars in donations that he received for his general that he never had. He is fucked. And it is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful that this guy is in such deep shit right now. I love it to death. I, from my understanding, he's already incurred $17,000 in fines on that million dollars that he hasn't paid back. We'll see how high that goes. I suspect this guy may actually go to jail for some of this stuff. Get absolutely destroyed. So anyway, 
That's where Madison Cawthorn is right now, living with his parents, about a million dollars in debt, and no way to make that up. Good luck, bud. Here is another really interesting character that showed up at Trump's Mar-a-Lago announcement speech. Now, this guy, you may not know who he is. I have shown him on my channel once. I never did a long-form story about him, but his name is, I think, Andrew Dilly. I forget his... Brendan. I'm sorry, his name is Brendan Dilly. Yeah, Brendan Dilly. Full-blown QAnoner. Just listen to what the guy has to say. We'll go from there. November 14th, 2022, the day before Trump announces that he's running for president. I just got invited to Mar-a-Lago for President Trump's announcement tomorrow night. So I am going down to Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. Dude, this guy's voice is something else. I don't know how he got famous using his voice. Uh, I'm leaving immediately after the show is over. I am flying in. Why? Why scream like that? Please. If you have a Gilbert Gottfried voice, you have no right to scream into a microphone, okay? I'm being picked up by mad liberals at the airport, and I am heading to Mar-a-Lago for an announcement from President Donnie J. Trump. And uh, I am extremely nervous about this because, as you know, I am a basement-dwelling nerd who lives in his mother's uh, house and doesn't normally go out into the public. Well, that's not something people usually admit there, uh, Brandon, but that's beside the point. Here's why it's interesting that this guy, who almost nobody knows, who I only recognize in passing because I've talked about a story with him in it once, here's why it's interesting that he was invited to Mar-a-Lago for Trump's speech. He is a full-blown QAnoner and a QAnon influencer. Why was this guy personally invited to Mar-a-Lago for Trump's speech. He was invited because he's so influential in the QAnon movement. You may recognize the guy on the right here as the praying medic. He is probably the most influential and well-known QAnoner in existence, uh, QAnon interpreter. He interprets the garbled nonsense that QAnon spits out all the time. Anyway, on the left here is our buddy Brendan Dilly. So the praying medic, famed QAnon interpreter, and Brendan Dilly are sitting here talking to each other. Check it out. This is from 2019, May 2019. Q has often said, especially over the last six months, this is going to be the end of the D party. The end of the Democrat party. Okay, now, if you are, you know, average person listening, watching Q, like, what do you mean the end of the Democrat party? The Democrat party is not going to end. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, it isn't. And I'm going to explain to you how the Democrat Party is going to end. What we are going to see in the next year unrolled is likely hundreds of members of Congress, most of them Democrats, some Republicans, all right, they're going to be arrested and they're going to be prosecuted for corruption. Q said that people in Congress were warned the storm is coming. And they were told, if you are playing the game and you are in Congress, when the storm hits, you're going to be prosecuted. They so my question is, why did Trump personally invite this guy to his Mar-a-Lago announcement speech? You know why? Because he's, he's playing into the QAnon movement. Trump loved to play coy, like he had no idea what QAnon was. Oh, I don't know what it is, but I understand that they're patriots and they love America. 
after inviting this guy, among other major QAnon figures, to his announcement speech, he can no longer claim ignorance on QAnon. He knows exactly what it is. And the fact that he invited this guy specifically tells me exactly how invested in it he is. It tells me exactly how much he knows about it. This guy's claim to fame is the fact that he is a QAnoner. No more, no less. Somebody should really be going through the crowd at Mar-a-Lago and looking at who was there, looking at who had like press passes and, and whatever other thing they passed out there and trying to connect the dots and figure out exactly who Trump invited to get an idea of what Trump actually does know. So he can't play dumb anymore. This is Shane Vaughn, and he had an interesting reaction to Donald Trump's 2024 announcement, too. Oh, my God, dude. I talked about this dude the other day, but I could not resist but talk about this one. This is from late April 2022. This is obviously before Trump announced that he's running for president, but I want to give you an idea of how this guy feels about Trump in the first place before we listen to his bizarre, uh, like, adoring rant about Donald Trump running in 2024. So check this one out. Late April 2022. Just listen to this to get an idea of how he feels about him first. This is about a God that appointed a man. And you see, I've got enough Italian in me to know what loyalty means. Here's the way it works for me. I love loyalty. Loyalty is a forgotten quality. No, I don't think loyalty is a forgotten quality, first of all. Second, this guy actually claims that Trump is a messiah. That he takes it a step beyond like he was appointed by God to blah, blah, blah. He, th he b actually believes that Trump is a full-blown messiah. Appointed by God, the anointing is upon him, and he's going to take care of America and the son of man and all the whole nine yards with this dude. Donald Trump, you fought for my family. My family will fight for you. You went in that White House and you made our life better. You made In what way? How did he make life better for anybody? You made our economy better. You made our churches better. You allowed us the freedom to choose a vaccine if we wanted one or not. Wow, that's a, a clever little way of sidestepping that little minefield. Yeah, a lot of Trumpists were not happy when Trump came out and endorsed the vaccine, told people to go get vaccinated. They were very upset about that. But not Shane Vaughn, not Shane Vaughn. You know why? Because Shane Vaughn believes Trump is the Messiah. He believes that anything that Trump says or does is basically protected under the veil of his Messiah ship that he's been blessed with by God. You fought for our freedom, and I'm not about to start second-guessing your choices and what you do. This dude loves Trump too much. He loves him too much. There is a line, and he has crossed it. If you make a mistake, it'll be on you, sir. But I will be loyal. I'm not a Tino. I'm not a... Trumpist in name only, I assume, is what he means. Love this screenshot, by the by. That is fantastic. But aside from that, yeah, Trumpist in name only, I guess, is what that means. Tino, okay? Not a Valentino. I am a... Okay, I don't know what a Valentino is. I am a Trump supporter. 
Why? Because God chose the man, and I've got sense enough to know it, recognize it. I know where the blessing is. Let me tell you something. When you find a blessed man, when you find a blessed ministry, you better plant your feet under that blessing, and it will fall down on top of you. Wow, dude. Wow. Yeah. Again, he thinks that uh, Trump is a messiah. He's used that word. That's not something that I'm just making up. He's actually said that he thinks that Trump is a messiah. I don't want to go down this road too deep, but there, there's like a whole like set of videos from Shane Vaughn where he calls Trump a messiah. This is just one video, one short like 30 second segment where he calls Trump a messiah. If you are anointed by Yahweh, for a specific plan and purpose, you are a Messiah. Yahshua was the Messiah of mankind, but Donald Trump is the Messiah of America. So the point is that, like I said, there are like a few videos we could go down a rabbit hole, and I have before about this guy and his view that Trump is a Messiah, but the point is, he f he seriously believes that Trump is a messiah. Well, listen to his reaction to Trump announcing that he's running for president again. November 16th, 2022. This is the next day after he announced. I'm so very happy tonight for this great republic. My heart is so happy when I heard him say these words. America's great comeback begins right now. Ladies and gentlemen, help is on the way why do why does america need help in the first place i thought that trump was such a great president that he would and he was anointed by god right he's a messiah why didn't he fix everything from the very beginning and set it up so it couldn't be like destroyed by the devil or whatever i just don't understand doesn't he have god's blessing can't he do anything he wants god's anointed servant is rising up from the ashes now being fought on both sides, Republicans and Democrats. But I'm here to tell you tonight that we prophesied to you two years ago about an eagle, that Yahweh had taken this eagle and put it to the side for it to fly again. And tonight, that eagle, wounded and at many times discouraged but that e uh, wow dude this is just weird so oh my god what i'm gonna have to dig into this deep so he's saying that he prophesied two years ago something about an eagle that was wounded i would love to know exactly what it was that he said a lot of the time they don't specify exactly what they said in fact i've heard cases where televangelists just claim that they said something like two or three years earlier and don't actually play the clips for you or show you any proof. Like, who knows if they actually said any of this stuff, if they ever actually prophesied any of this stuff, quote unquote. But even if he did prophesy about an eagle two years ago, that's not very specific. I need something real specific. If you're going to tell me that God is speaking to you in your head and you want me to believe you, I'm going to need a little bit more than your word for it. So uh, what was the other thing he said? I'll tell you, let me just step back a little more. Keep listening to this. Wounded and at many times discouraged. But that eagle 
flapped his wings, hallelujah, and let the whole world know that he is returning. So Trump is the eagle, I guess. This is just weird, dude. Shane Vaughn has an unhealthy obsession with Trump. Dead serious. This guy desperately needs help. This is honestly, I, I got to say, this isn't even the weirdest thing that I've heard Shane Vaughn say. I, I've heard some real weird stuff from this guy. Not necessarily even about Trump. I mean, there was that one time that Shane Vaughn like bought a bunch of Trump coins for like way more than they were actually worth. And you can't even use them anywhere except the Republic of Cameroon or something. He comes on there and brags about buying like 10 of them for like $3,000 when it right. I mean, this clip came out like a year ago where he claims that they were worth $300 and in a year they're going to be worth 1000 Right now, they're worth 150 I am one of the few human beings on earth that holds in my hand what I'm about to show you, I am so excited about it. Maybe you're the one of the few human beings that owns this because nobody else gives a shit about it. You ever consider that one? Officially, official money, God's money, real MS-70 Silver Eagle coin. This is not a doubloon. This is not... This is the real, it's the only government money, official money in the world with my president on it. Yeah, only valid in the Republic of Cameroon. <laughs> Dude, this guy's obsession with Trump is too much. It is too far. This guy needs to back off for his own good. Seriously, his head is so wrapped up in this. It can't be healthy, cannot be healthy. To be this obsessed over a single person honestly let me know what you think of this guy in the comments or on twitter at telltale atheist tell me if you want to see more stuff like this thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen and i will talk to you next week if you like what i do and you want to see me continue to do it you can support me in a few ways first there's patreon that's probably the best way but if you want to get something back for your support you can check out my teespring i sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there you can also check out my other channels i have a telltale unfiltered youtube channel where i go through long form videos like kent hoven's seminar series jehovah's witnesses tv show and televangelists prophesying about politics and finally you can check out my social media if you have a question for me the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me i'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening